0: I'm Amy Blackthorne, and this is Blackthorne Grove. The best life look, starts within, looking outward, writes Amy Blackthorne in this simultaneously practical and personal guide to wellness and healing. Blackthorne, a master herbalist, aromatherapist, and prolific author, explores the methods of wellness, management, using both mystical and mundane tools and technologies. Amy's book features essential oils, plants, meditation, tarot, astrology, and personal sigils tailored to her own specific needs and circumstances. She also describes her own journey to well-being as she shares the lessons she's learned, including how to develop a healthy mind-body habit and how to stop relying on fear and shame-based rituals for self-care that ultimately produce results that are the very opposite of what is desired. Instead, Blackthorn's Botanical Wellness supplies holistic solutions that enable you to lead your best life. According to Blackthorne, self-care isn't me first, it's me too. It's a very clear, accessible, friendly language. Blackthorne's Botanical Wellness teaches the skills to put these important lessons into practice. Finding tools for managing your health, chronic illness, or self-care. Creating a lunar self-care calendar. Embracing the emotional well-being of aromatherapy. Working with, splant- <laughs> working with plant spirit allies. And empowering yourself with spells and rituals. Find Blackthorne's Botanical Wellness available now through your independent local bookstores and I wish you a happy reading. Hi, I'm Amy Blackthorne and this is the Blackthorne Grove, a podcast where witchcraft meets with good friends over tea to talk about the nature of magic and community. Uh, today we're going to talk about publishing and getting your voice out there. Uh, for those of you who are new here, I am Amy Blackthorn. I am the author of currently five titles from Wiser Books. The first was Blackthorn's Botanical Magic, a treatise on using essential oils in your magical practice. The second being Sacred Smoke, uh, plants to utilize in a creating a sacred smoke practice that is yours, free of uh, cultural appropriation and general shitty behavior. <laughs> Um, why sage isn't necessarily the neatest thing to use Um, a list of great things to use besides sage Uh, the third book being Blackthorn's Botanical Brews. that is a uh, manual for creating your own drinks, potions, uh, libations magical teas and the like there's some really fun stuff in there for bar recipes uh, for those of us who Those of you, (laughs) those who have um, experience with uh, maintaining a sober household or life, there are sober substitutions for any use of alcohol in the book. So if you're okay with mentions of alcohol, uh, that's perfectly great. There's also entire chapters with no mentions of alcohol if that's not your thing. The next book was Blackthorn's Protection Magic that came out this time last year. It has physical, mental, spiritual uh, well-being and safety in mind. There's a, an entire chapter, chapter six, My, I think it's my favorite, is the physical department. You want to make sure that your self-defense skills are ready to go. Um, I want to uh, help you cement that with some escape and evasion techniques that are taught very well <laughs> throughout uh, our entire country. So, the most recent book is Blackthorn's Protect, uh, no, Protection Magic. <laughs> Blackthorn's Botanical Wellness—that is a magical guide to self-care with a special eye to witches with uh, chronic illness and chronic pain. Uh, those are both areas of my life that are very important, as um, so they impact my daily life. As if you've met me at a conference, see me walking with a cane. Uh, I spent a significant number of years in a wheelchair. So i i didn't see those i didn't see my voice in in the public community talking about self care i didn't see any of that so i wanted to make sure that that was offered to those of us who are in need i mean forty percent of americans have a chronic illness of some kind i don't know the statistics for the rest of the world but i imagine they're somewhat similar so i wanted to make sure that people had the opportunity and a way to see themselves as part of the magical community because honestly wishing on a candle and, and thinking nice thoughts at my quartz crystals didn't make my chronic illness, didn't make my chronic pain go away. So those are definitely some things to keep an eye out for. But today I'm going to talk about my experience as a writer. Um, I want to help you if this is something that feels important, if this is something you feel drawn to, I want you to know how to go about doing this. There's no there's no gatekeeping, there's no magical secret. It's just being vulnerable. It's it's being willing to be seen, to be heard, to be wrong. Um it's all of those things. So I'm going to talk to you today about how to get your your voice heard, how to get in front of those faces and those voices who are in charge of finding the next best author in the witchcraft scene. So Join with me for the next uh, little bit, I'd say an hour, but I have no idea how long I'm going to talk about this. Uh, And I really appreciate you being here. So the very first question I usually get, I get lots of emails saying, hey, Amy, um, I I want to write a book. What do I do? And they're often the first thing they think is I need need to have a whole book. And that's the first thing I want to tell you not to do. These books, the books that that we're writing, witchcraft authors, nonfiction books. Uh, I can't speak to fiction. I can't speak to you know non. uh, I can't speak to um, self-publishing. I'm I'm a traditionally published author. Uh, There's lots of really amazing voices out there discussing how to get published as a self-published author, what to do, and how to make it work. But I am. That's not my. That's not my jam. Um, If that if it comes to that point, if I decide that's my. I'll make another episode, um, uh, but I'm so tickled you're here. So the first thing I say is absolutely not. Um, this is only my experience. This is what I'm going to talk about is my experience as my own person. I don't speak for anyone. I'm not, I'm not, you know, there's not, there seems to be this idea that there's some jets versus sharks, um, animosity between witchcraft authors or different publishing companies and it's just not the thing it's not real it's it's not what happens um we're such a niche subject to begin with we can't afford to be saying oh we're so and so works for a different publisher therefore they're not awesome no they're all awesome everybody's got their own thing um and they should be subject to their own individual merit um if they're if there's an issue with them then there's an issue but there's there's no there's a ma- there's no rivalry between publishing houses. There really isn't because there's so much time that we wind up working for multiple publishing houses because of the nature of our work. So the first thing I say is, you know, everybody's got to eat. So uh, when I talk about this, if I know about a, a an issue or not an issue, a, a difference between different publishing houses, I'll let you know. But doesn't make anybody better or anybody worse i'm just talking about my own experiences so the first thing i say is you know don't feel like you have to write a whole book because honestly it's better if you haven't written a whole book non-fiction proposals are what sells you're not selling a whole book you're selling the proposal um fiction it's quite different they want you have usually that you want you to have a whole book written and you're just sending a couple chapters to entice them into looking for more but I'm just going to talk about nonfiction witchcraft books in our in my slash our niche please feel free to contact me at Grove at gmail.com if you have questions you want if there's a nuanced question you want answered um, I will tell you there's at sacred space coming up in a couple of weeks there's a there's an author panel for people who are wanting to get into that get into the field uh, I know mystic South has done it a few years running where you can promote or propose a, a book you get a verbal proposal and they say hey you know that sounds really great I want to talk to you about that uh, wiser has done it and well Llewellyn, Llewellyn has done it both I I saw one done at Pantheacon I know mystic South has done it before so keep it out an eye out for those of you if this is something that really speaks to you but for those of you who are not don't have the availability to hold it out and wait <laughs> I really want to empower you to do this yourself so the first thing that a proposal contains is a little bit about you the, these publishers want to know why they should allow you to write whatever it is you're looking to write who are you they want to know, do you have a social media presence? Because it's, it, it is important because it helps with the marketing that comes later on. Who are you? If you've, you've been practicing witchcraft for 37 years, I'm a 72nd degree high priestess of whatever, they want to know who you are as a magical practitioner, as a writer, how long have you been writing? What really drives you about writing? They want to know how they can market you as a person and as an author. They want to know what you want to write. I want to write a book on protection magic. Why? What is it that is important to you about protection magic? I want to write about uh, magical activism. I want to write about magical squares. Whatever it is that floats your boat, whatever it is that's really driving you to write let them know what's going on. Let them know what what really sparks your interest about the subject matter. They should want to know why they should let you write it. You know, uh, Amy wrote Blackthorn Protection Magic because she's been in security for 80 bazillion years. So it's who you are, what you want to write, why they should let you write it. It's a great basis for a starting point. The next part of that is of course, the comparative titles. Looking at even Amazon is fine. Search the niche that you're looking for uh, witchcraft yachting spells. I don't know. <laughs> find your niche on Amazon. Find the list of titles that come up when you search for whatever it is you wanna talk about. And if there aren't any, find some that are reasonably close. And the fact is, they want something that's different not so different that they can't sell it but just different enough that they know what's going on and know how to market it i want to write blackthorn's protection magic because i want to include real world self defense and my experience in executive protection my easy peasy it's not just about the the things that you do and how long you've done them, it's its a lot about what makes what you're doing different than what other people have done. So John Doe wrote John Doe's Protection Realization Techniques. <laughs> I'm just making this all up. What John Doe is different than what I'm doing because X the really important stuff is one, they get to know who you are through your voice. They get, it's not just about the the mechanics of spelling. Um, Neil Gaiman talks about the difference between writing and language in that as authors, what we're doing is we're looking for the nuance of different. There's the, the rules as they come black and white in the dictionary or in the you know, rules of grammar. But the way that you take those apart and rearrange them and put them back together—that's your voice. That's what they're looking to see. And so you're who you are, what you want to write, why they want to let you write it. Um, I try and do between five and seven comparative titles. Eight would be at the at the absolute most because at that point they're they're sort of getting an idea of who you are and what you want to write. So. I would look at, or I did, honestly, when I was writing the proposal for Blackthorn's Protection Magic, I looked at the number of books on Protection Magic out there and said, okay, uh, there's 87 (laughs) books on Protection Magic. What makes mine different from all of these other uh, really talented and and trusted authors? It just needs to be a sentence or two. I'm going to add this. I don't have the experience to talk about that. It's giving them a way to not only gauge what it is that you're doing and how to market it, but they can actually look up the numbers for how many copies this book sold, how many copies that book sold. Is there something on the bestseller list that's sort of comparable? And it really gives them an idea of how many copies they can sell if they sign you. These all have, you know, it's really a great formula that they go into when they're working these, these numbers out, but it's really important for them to decide okay, we think that you have some viability here. We think that you have some understanding. If you're talking about yourself, you include things like social media follower numbers, number of years that you've been doing this, but feel free to include the reasons that you're talking about these things, the things that are really important to you. Feel free to include, you know, the little anecdote about how you wanted to write when you were five, you know, It's the stuff that not only does it get them to know your voice, but really understand how invested you are in this project. If you came up with it last week and typed up something today and send it to them tomorrow, it doesn't feel rushed. You want to make sure that they understand that this is something that means something to you because you're going to work for it. If it's, if it's something that's been on your mind forever, I've wanted to be a writer since I was in kindergarten. It gives them the opportunity to, to really bring that gravitas forward. Once you have that, you have an idea of what you wanna write, your idea of how it's gonna go, then we're looking at your table of contents. What is this book gonna entail? What, is the, what are the meat and potatoes that are gonna go into that stew to make a meal for your readers? So you give them a sample table of contents really think about the the nature of stuff that goes in there because one of the things that's going to happen is you're going to need a length you're going to need to tell them how long you plan on making this book and I'll tell you the the word count is was part of the, that was probably the hardest part of doing the proposal as a as a zero time author <laughs> when I was writing my very first proposal I went to my favorite books and I went to I think books.google maybe and a couple of other places and looked up the word counts for books that I thought were, you know, really popular and along the same lines of my niche, to sort of get an idea of how hefty that book was going to be. Blackthorn Botanical Magic is a good sized book that was over 450 manuscript pages, which equals about mm, 375 or so printed pages. And it was about 85,000 words. It seems like a lot of words. It was my longest project to date, so it's really important to understand. It's a little difficult to estimate that, um, so definitely talk to you know if if you wind up sending this submission in, be willing to be flexible. That's the best best advice I can give you about this whole process, is be flexible. So my first proposal was for I think sixty five to seventy thousand. Words and I actually went up to the the upper limit for Wiser was uh, eighty thousand, and so I, I I wiggled a few extra words in there, but I was really excited and I was fully supported in doing so. So I made sure that I used I made the best of them. Uh, some some companies want closer to sixty thousand words. Um, I know I've seen, or just in talking, haven't worked with moon books. I've, I've heard wonder, lovely things, but they're closer to like the 35, 30,000 uh, word limit. They're, you know, much, they're a smaller book and their price reflects it. That's they're actually a, a really good value for their money, but they have to ship uh, because they're limited. They're in the UK. So they, they have to ship their books overseas to get to the U S for those U S readers. So, Obviously, shipping weight enters a lot into that the cost of that book, so they try and keep the cost down for their readers. So you're looking at your you have your table of contents, your suspected length. Uh, they want to know the length of time it's going to take for you to write this book if they say, okay, now now we have the book. let's let's see how long. Um, I originally was uh, said it might take me a year to write Botanical Magic, and they came back and said, "Well, how about eight months?" And I I used every minute of that eight months. Uh, my my deadlines are closer to six months now because I've I've gotten my my. I was gonna say my my feet under me, but you know my keyboard under me, so to speak. Uh, I have written, and one of my manuscripts was written as little as thirty days. Uh, <laughs> I didn't do literally anything else for those thirty days, but I did bang out a shorter manuscript. Uh, it was 35,000 words, 40,000 words, somewhere along those lines. And i banged it out in a month. And, uh, it was, it was in November <laughs> and boy howdy, I didn't, I didn't go anywhere for Thanksgiving. I didn't cook dinner. I just sat in my office and hollered at the walls until 40,000 <laughs> words fell out of my fingers. So it's all about your knowing and understanding how your writing process works. And Honestly, your writing process will evolve as you work on multiple books, you'll sort of get that feeling and that rhythm under you. Um, it's a best it's a best estimate at that point. So you've got your length, you've got your suspected dates, so they can sort of get a timeline in there. And then they want to look on your chapters. Uh Wiser likes two chapters, Lamon likes three chapters. Everybody's got their own specific nuance they you know, double space everything absolutely because it, it it now that i've been doing it so long reading normal print makes me anxious because it's all crammed <laughs> together and i feel overwhelmed make sure it's double spaced um but those those guidelines will be on whatever submission page that you look at i like this those two chapters to be the meatiest chapters in the in the book because it gives them a really not just an idea of your voice as a writer but the mechanics that you're wanting to look at and how in-depth the project may or may not be. So with the, the thing that I do is usually look at my total word count and divide it by the number of chapters I have plotted out. And so I could figure out how big and, and media I want my chapters to be, and then sort of shoot for that in, in what I'm looking at as far as how much material I'm sending them. My first proposal was 45 pages. Uh, My second one was probably 20 pages. So I was able to really more, really narrow down what really needed to be long in that proposal. So I get two, depending on there, three chapters attached in there, put it all together. Some people like to talk about a cover letter and whether it's important or not important. Um, I like to put the things that would traditionally go in a cover letter in my introduction to who I am as a writer. Uh, A lot of that really neat stuff that people want to throw into a cover letter really can just go in the body of your proposal. I try and keep my intros as cut and dry as possible because they've got stuff to do. They've got places to be and people to see. So uh, the industry standard is Word. So make sure that it's in a Word readable format. If it's something that wasn't written in Word, uh, for example, you used a Google Doc or what have you, make sure it's in a Word-readable format because Word is the the standard. Uh, It is standard to send it as one attachment. Um, I know some publishers don't like attachments because they're worried about viruses. That's completely reasonable. Um, They'll tell you that in their submission guidelines. Everybody wants to make it as clear and easy as possible. So we know that it's easy to make sure that it's not just accessible, but it's it's clearly understood for everybody across the board. You can hear really scratching. Now that we have those chapters picked out, trying to get that that length to do, what happens? Now I've I've screwed up all my courage and I sent in my submission, I've, I've put this all together. Then what happens? Am I done? Absolutely not. Absolutely not. For those of you who are new to the podcast, BlackthornsBotanicals.com has some great teas, ritual oils, magical candles, and more. For the next bit, I know not everyone can get to the podcast right away. I'm going to put up a podcast-only coupon code code PODCAST, all lowercase, on BlackthornsBotanicals.com for 20% off anything you find in the store. Try and help as best I can. And and apparently Lelu agrees. That's BlackthornsBotanicals.com and offer code PODCAST, all lowercase. Once your submission has been received, it's got to be read through, but that takes time. Even getting to it, you know, there's that, that big email is going to get a lot of submissions and they're, they're going to get to it when they get to it. It can be really hard to wait. Oh my gosh, the waiting is probably one of the harder parts because you're so excited and you're terrified. And, um, my friend, Eleanor, calls it terror-sided. <laughs> it's scary and wonderful and amazing all at the same time. So the, whatever, whatever submission, um, Editors looking at whoever's going through that pile says, "Okay, this is really neat. This is something I want to I want to look more into what happens next. So that editor has to go through your proposal if they want more information or more chapters or anything else, they'll email and ask for them. Don't expect it to happen right away because they're they're super busy. If they like it, they will let you know. I promise I pinky swear if they like it, they'll they'll get back to you. It just may take some time. So the next step after that editor, in my case, this was The, the Amazing and Judica Isles. Um, so I have, this is the only experience I have, honestly, <laughs> right now. Um, that editor has, the next step to, for them is they have to write, think of it as a book report. They, their proposal gets taken before a pub board. So they have to take their book report and they have to give a book report based on what you sent them. They take your proposal, your sample chapter, the information, all of the stuff that you've given them. And then write, they write a little presentation about it because they are the ones fighting for your voice. They're the ones saying, okay, I really want to make sure that so-and-so's book is is one of the next ones out there. So they're going to fight for you. And that's such a great feeling. So the, the pub board is a board of professionals at that company they debate the saleability, the marketability, any potential pitfalls or issues. They'll decide whether or not to make an offer on your book. So they all sit together and they all they all put their heads together and say, "This sounds this sounds super cool. I think we can sell it. Um, I think they have a neat attitude or a neat point point of view. Let's look at this. This sounds like something that can be be doing." Advances are calculated based on the number of books they think you can sell in the first year. Um some some publishers offer advances, some publishers don't. If that's important to you, know that going in. Uh, but exa- again, I say, be as flexible as you can, know your worth, but also know that especially as a first- time author, it can be hard. It can be hard, they don't know you yet and they're gonna they're gonna get to know you just like you're gonna get to know the process. If they offer an advance, That's an if. They, it's traditionally half up front and half when your manuscript is accepted, not when you turn it in. Those are those two are not the same thing. Uh, When is when it's accepted is when the editor looks at it, reads it over, says, "Oh, this is this sounds really good. I can take this to copy editing." They they made sure that it doesn't just say all work and no play thirty thousand times. They know that this is marketable, this is saleable, and this is what they were looking for. If it's not, trust me, they'll send it back to you. It's fine. Everything's cool. We're all on the same team. You can get three possible answers when they say, you know, when when you hear back from that, that first editor. It can be a yes. It can be a no. You know, no thank you. Or it can be a yes, but. My first time uh, putting out a proposal, I got a yes, but. Instead of just being a, yeah, we think this is awesome. They said, we think this is awesome. And we think you'd have a better mm, audience for it if you did this first. And so my first proposal turned into what would become Blackthorn's Botanical Magic. But the really important part was that I had to be flexible. I had to really uh, take what I knew and take what I wanted to know and take how I wanted to talk about my subject matter. And be willing to be flexible, which is why it's so important to not start with a whole book before you sell your manuscript. Because if you're locked in, if you've already written 450 manuscript pages, you're not going to want to do a whole lot of editing and changing things around and moving stuff. You're going to want to hand somebody a finished product and say, okay, this is it. Take it or leave it. And if the if they leave it, that, that, then it's left, you know, <laughs> your options are usually... Uh, look at a different publisher or publish it yourself. Not that there's anything wrong with either choice. These are all just options that we're playing with. It's so important that you give yourself the opportunity to work in a way that goes with what you're looking for. And that's why one of the things I I try and tell my, um, the people who send in for advice or ideas, saying, look, if you know what you want before you go in, you have a better chance to say, "Yeah, this is this is something that's in line with my values. I'm I'm interested in approaching it from that angle." And or maybe you're not, and that's okay. Um, this is all a big cooperative effort, which is again, I'm going to say, I'm going to I'm going to say this a few more times probably, which is why you don't have to have a whole book. You know, you have to have a solid idea. You have to have a solid way of orchestrating that idea, but don't be so locked in that you lock yourself out of a really neat opportunity so they say okay this is this is where this is our offer this is you know the pub board says here you go here's we want to we want this book we want you know we're looking at it this way this is the amount of the advance that we're looking at this is the timeline we're hoping for all of that material and you're, you're the one who gets to say yes or no or you can make another offer you can make a counter offer but I don't want you to ever feel like you can't exercise your own agency in this whole process. It's a cooperative effort, but it's still your effort. This is still something that, you know, until you sign a contract, uh, this is you getting the chance to say, okay, this is is something that really means something to me. I want your voice to be heard. There are not enough diverse voices in publishing period because the the way that it goes and the amount of effort that gets put into it and having to take time off at work or away from the kids to actually get them done. It's very, it's a very interesting process, but it's not one that's available to everybody. So I, I want that to happen. I want the more voices we have, the the better. So this is just a really rough overview. I'm just tickled to have you here hanging out with me. Uh, like I said, if you want to, if you have some specific questions, you want me to do a follow-up episode, feel free to message me at the Blackthorn Grove. Oh, I'm sorry. It's just Blackthorn Grove podcast at gmail.com. I don't know my own email address today. Yes. Blackthorn Grove podcast at gmail.com. And that honestly goes right to my cell phone. Um, uh, I probably shouldn't say that out loud. Um. If there's a if there's a really niggly question, you just b- wiggle it away in your brain. Uh, feel free to hit me up on the email, and I will get to it as soon as I possibly can. I am currently working on, you know, some some new manuscripts and some new work for you out uh, to see out there in the world, and I'm really excited. I can't wait for you to see it. Uh, I am just signing the contracts, so I will have details for you very soon probably in a follow-up episode of the podcast again if you'd like to check out any of my books if you want to, there's the first 30 or so pages are free to download all of all of my books at amyblackthorne.com i want you to know that this is something that really speaks to you with your what you look what you want with your the the voice that you're hearing this is what you want in your head <laughs> i want you to know that you've got what you came for before you purchase it so feel free to check it out at amyblackthorne.com and there's their autographed copies are available at blackthornbotanicals.com, or you can support your local independent shops. I am really a fan of small independent businesses. Uh, I'm just thrilled you're here. I want to thank you for devoting some time and attention to my ramblings of a adult author who's worked far too much and not gotten enough sleep. Just because the I really, this this is the best job I could have ever asked for. This is the thing that's kept me up at night. And it's the thing that drove me. I mean, I wanted a book with many months since I was in kindergarten. I couldn't even write my own name. But I know I didn't know why I wanted a book with my name on it. It's really the neatest thing I could have asked for and fought for. And I'm glad you're here for that ride. Uh, again, my name is Amy Blackthorn, and this has been the Blackthorn Grove. You have a wonderful evening, <laughs> day, whatever it is, whatever time you get to this episode. I just am glad that you're here, and I appreciate you. Have a great day. Remember, we're all trees in the forest. Nurture each other.